Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcast. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David about why I pivoted after my junior year of college. I was preparing to become a chemical engineer. What provoked me to change? Hey, David, it's Grandpa. Today, I'm going to tell you something about me you probably haven't heard before. You know that before I became a preacher, I was studying at the University of Washington to become a chemical engineer. I put four years of time and money into that institution, my time, and mostly my parents' money. All the Kim E students went through the last three years as a group. Except for electives, we took all the same classes. There were about 50 of us, as I recall. It was easy and customary to settle into small groups of comrades, and so I did. Two fellow students, one whom I knew previously from high school and one who I met in the program, became close associates. It was Mark and Mark and Rod. We put in more than one all-nighter together, working on projects and reports. We became close friends. In fact, I had lunch with both of them last month. We've stayed in touch. Both Marks had very successful and fulfilling careers. Each of them is comfortable in their retirement. That could have been my life. As you know, I'm not retired yet. Not that I'm eager to retire, and not that I need the income. It's just that I love what I do, and I don't want to quit. My two friends are enjoying their retirement without any evidence of stress over their ability to care for themselves financially moving into the future. So, why did I leave? Clearly, I enjoyed both math and chemistry. I graduated from high school eager to become a chemical engineer. The world looked welcoming and full of opportunity. As seen in my two friends Mark and Mark, it was full of opportunity. One Mark helped develop several patented chemical processes. It was a wide door open for me, too. As I mentioned, my parents invested a lot of money into my tuition, books, lab fees, and lodging. It was four years at a major university. I am truly grateful for their sacrifice. You might wonder, How did they take it when I abandoned my college education in my senior year? I finished the year needing five credits to graduate. I never went back. At first, they were concerned about my decisions and that I hadn't earned a four-year degree. But as they saw my dedication to my biblical studies and my passion for them, all concerns vanished. My mother, 
shortly before she passed away, expressed how proud she was of me. I hope that answers that question. So what happened to induce me to turn my face away from such an economically and emotionally rewarding career? The rest of this discussion should put that into perspective. The summer of 1968 split my junior year from my senior year. It was an established practice for engineering students to take summer employment in the industry of their major after their junior year. Today, it's called the co-op program. Back then, we were just called student engineers. I landed a summer job with the Stauffer Chemical Company in Henderson, Nevada. That's just east of Las Vegas. I worked there all summer. This podcast focuses on my decision to walk away from engineering and become a preacher. The plant where I worked had one major product and a couple of byproducts. They produced chlorine gas. The process they used to produce chlorine also produced hydrogen gas as well as concentrated caustic soda. All three were separately harvested and sold to various manufacturers. Chlorine is used for a variety of things. It is a major source of disinfectants useful in a vast array of applications, from swimming pools to hospital surgery rooms. It's also a significant part of compounds we use regularly. The plumbing in your house may have PVC, that's polyvinyl chloride. Nitrogen has some fascinating modern applications. Liquid hydrogen combines with liquid oxygen to become the propellant for rockets. We put men on the moon using liquid hydrogen. It's also used in fuel cell technology. A fuel cell is like a battery that combines hydrogen with oxygen from the air, producing water vapor and electricity, a very clean source of energy. Caustic soda is also known as soda ash. It has a wide variety of applications also. For example, the paper industry uses it in processing wood pulp into paper. Also, many domestic cleaning applications come from caustic soda. Detergents and degreasers for two. So you see, Stauffer Chemical provides useful ingredients to modern American industry and I was part of the team. Using a simple process, we took table salt, sodium chloride, and zapped it. We were after the chlorine. If we could release it from the sodium, we would capture it as a gas and sell it. But how? It's a simple process, as I said. Start with raw sodium chloride. Dissolve it into a highly concentrated solution, then pump the saline solution into specially designed chambers where it's zapped with high-voltage electricity. As the chlorine escapes from the sodium, the sodium combines with the water to make caustic soda, displacing a hydrogen atom. This displaced hydrogen also escapes. Thus, two gases escape through the electrical charge chlorine, and hydrogen, 
and caustic soda is left in solution. The chamber is so designed that they escape separately. One goes out the front door, as it were, and the other goes out the back door. So instead of a highly concentrated salt solution, after the chlorine and hydrogen escaped, sodium hydroxide, caustic lye, was left in solution. It's a simple process, but it takes tons of electricity for this to happen. What I described is what happens in only one chamber. Our plant had hundreds of such chambers, each receiving the salt water solution and each sending out caustic soda along with both gases. That's where I came in. Salt water solution was pumped into the plant at about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The caustic soda exited the plant at near boiling, about 210 degrees. Thousands of gallons flowed every day. Cooler solution coming in and near boiling solution going out. The energy requirement to raise the temperature of those thousands of gallons from 100 degrees to 200 degrees was huge. But wait, what if we could take the energy out of the hot liquid and transfer it to the cooler liquid coming in? Voila! It's called a heat exchanger. A heat exchanger is a metal tube full of metal pipes. Hot caustic soda flowed through the pipes and the concentrated salt water flowed through the tube. Thus, the entering brine was preheated by the exiting caustic soda. This would significantly cut down the electrical load and thereby the energy costs. Caustic soda and concentrated salt water, both at elevated temperatures, caused the tubes and the heat exchanger to rust out quickly. The process was eating them up. My job was to look for new pipe technology. The metallurgy involved to produce stainless pipes that could endure longer in the caustic environment. If I could reduce the number of rusted-out heat exchangers, I would save even more money. The plant had a storage area for discarded heat exchangers. It was an ugly mess of red rusted metal, discarded and of no further use. David, that's what it was like living in Henderson, Nevada, and working at Stauffer Chemical. Sure. I did lots of fun stuff. I played tennis, went hiking, went swimming, engaged in other activities. Set that aside. You can do those activities no matter what job you hold. There had to be something to keep me there. Then one night, I was watching a movie on TV. More than 55 years later, I remember it well. The name of the movie? The Long Gray Line. It changed my life. Let me tell you how. It was a simple story. In 1898, Martin Marty Meher, an Irish immigrant, was hired as a civilian employee at the U.S. Military Academy in West Point, New York, where, during a 50-year career, he rose to the rank of Master Sergeant and Instructor. Over his extensive career... He had close contact with and made friends of men who went on to become outstanding leaders in America's Army. You know some of their names. One of them became president, 
Ike Eisenhower. Marty's most significant job was the physical education of the young men who would become officers in the military. There are some sad spots in this story. His only son died during childbirth, and his wife Mary was not able to have more. Many of the young men he trained and grew fond of died in the wars fought during his career. Toward the end, Mary died and Marty was left alone. He started to second-guess himself. Did my life amount to anything? The show ends, as the title suggests, with a long gray line. Army uniforms were gray. In his mind's eye, on the parade grounds at West Point, Marty saw a long gray line of men whose lives he had influenced over the last 50 years. Many of them had died. It was a very touching scene. A simple phys ed instructor had so shaped and formed the lives of young men that they were valiant leaders and heroic martyrs in those wars. His life had amounted to something very special, and in the end, he realized it. It was moving. And as I sat on the couch, I contemplated what I had seen, and I thought about it, about what I was doing at work. And in my mind's eye, I saw a long red line of rusted-out heat exchangers. Was that to be my life's work? I said, no. There are nobler things in which to invest my time, my effort, and my life. That was the moment of my pivot. Sure, I finished my senior year, but my heart wasn't really in it. That year saw changes. One night each week, I went with a friend to an intense Bible study. There were two classes that night, each an hour and a half long. I was absorbed. In the spring of my senior year, I went to an interview at an aluminum plant. I was fascinated by the process, and I was so eager to get back to Seattle and my Bible study that I blew any opportunity to get a job at that plant. I have not looked back with any regret. I have adopted a motto for myself, David. I lift. I have determined that my life will bring value to others. I will teach them, as best I can, the heart and mind of their father and try to lead them into a relationship with him. You see, I don't want a line of rusted-out heat exchangers defining what my life was like. Instead, I want a line of people who had a quality of life because I lifted them, if even just a little bit. There's no moral to this story other than these two points. First, it's okay to pivot. If you find that what you're doing is not fulfilling your heart, be open and willing to change. Second, and probably more importantly, I want you to be able to look back as you finish your days and say, I made a difference. My life helped other people. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you got something worth holding on to from this blurb, 
Come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about cruising through life effectively by setting and pursuing worthy goals, ones that fill your heart. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a a joy-filled week. week.